Today is um, Prayer Sunday. We have three of these a year. I wonder, have you actually noticed that once a term, we kind of break the rhythm of whatever else we're doing, whatever other series we're looking at, and we have one Sunday that is focused on the subject of prayer. Um, the reason we do that is because prayer is massive. It is so huge in terms of who we are as God's people. Like, what a privilege. This, this God that we got to worship and sing to, and we were so aware of his presence in worship this morning, we get to, to step into that presence at any moment of any day. We don't have to wait for a hallowed few minutes on a Sunday morning. We get to talk to Jesus, talk to our Father at any moment of any day. We are invited to step into those courtrooms of heaven, if you like. We're invited to put our hand in his hand and say, Father, I'd love to see this happen. Your will be done. Your kingdom come here. We get to partner with him. We get to see his power flow through us in prayer and touching the lives of people around us and bringing transformation to circumstances left, right, and center. That's his invitation. That's the way he wants it to work. We are designed to have answers to our prayers. We are designed by him to co-labor with him to see heaven come on earth and to see lives transformed. What a privilege. And if we don't step into it, we will simply end up relying on our own abilities. and We'll simply end up being well, overwhelmed with the stuff that life throws at us because we were not designed to try to handle it on our own. I forgot to bring, get the clicker this morning. So David, next thingy, that would be great. Um, we put this out on social media this week. God has bound the increase of his kingdom to the increase of his dialogue with us. He moves through prayer. The first bit of that. God has bound the increase of his kingdom. He has designed it so that his kingdom will increase on this earth to the degree that we pick up the baton, that we take up his invitation to partner with him to see heaven come. He could do it all by himself. He is God. He is sovereign. He doesn't need our permission. He doesn't need the strength that is in our bodies, or the wisdom that is in our minds, he could just go, zap, done. I'm God, it's happening. But in that moment, he would be robbing himself of the ability to reveal himself as father. Because a father can only be revealed through children. It would be meaningless for me to get up here and say, I'm a father, if it wasn't for those two delightfully beautiful children over here on my right-hand side. I am father in the context of having children. God is father in the context of us being his family, of us being sons and daughters in his household who work together with dad to bring about the perfect plans of his kingdom. It's just the way he has organized it so that the world does not just see some radical far-off power, but the world gets to see the heart of a loving father. And so we pray. We give ourselves to this thing called prayer. Today, 
Next slide. I want to talk about the long and the short, hence the tall person and the short person. The long and the short of prayer. Because one of the things, I've heard people ask this question before, and it's, it's fairly, you know, fairly commonplace to be wondering, well, what, what way should we pray? How then should we pray? Should we pray and pray and pray and pray and pray? Like long, extended, gloriously descriptive prayers? Or should we just come to God and say, God, would you please? And we have verses like this one, Matthew 6, verse 7, where Jesus is teaching the disciples in response to their question, how should we pray? And he says, well, when you pray, don't babble on and on like the Gentiles do. And so we have this instruction that's really clear. Your prayer time doesn't have to be a massive, long waffle. It can be a really short statement, request, interaction. Don't babble on. Keep it short. Accept that. Then we have passages like this one. Never stop praying. Mm. Or as another translation puts that exact same verse, pray continually. Pray with every breath. Let every part of your, of your daily life just be constant, breathing in his presence, breathing out prayers of adoration and worship and supplication and inviting and all of this stuff. So we have the, the, the super short and we have the pray continually, never stop. So what, one, what should we do? What, what's it supposed to be? And I think, I think the answer is both. I think actually the, the mature uh, life of the Christian should be characterized by continual interaction with our Heavenly Father. And it should also be characterized with the short and simple, God, would you do this? Father, do this. Father, I want. Father, I need. But it's, it's working out how do we do both? How do we, how do we navigate that? When is it one and when is it the other? That's one of the things I think would be good for us just to explore a little bit this morning as we go through this passage, or a few passages actually. Matthew 6, verses 8 to 9, David, if you wouldn't mind putting that up. It says, these are the next few verses. It says, your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Pray like this. And then he goes into talking about the, the Lord's Prayer, our Father in heaven, may your name be glorified, etc., etc. So this is looking at the, I, I would say, this is looking predominantly at the short, at the simple. And the primary thing I think I want us to recognize in this is that it is rooted absolutely in relationship with Father, relationship with your Father in heaven. And it's about expressing need. So we've got this We've got these two very key words in that verse. Father, exactly what you need. Pray like this. So again, because I'm a dad, many, many times, parents in the room will be well aware of this, your child in a moment of need comes to you and said, Dad, would you just transfer another 10 pounds into my account? It's not even listening. <laughs> that happens all the time in my house. It Similar things will happen in your houses regularly. Mom, dad, would you just, oh, I need, can you help me? And out of that parental love and relationship, we respond and we say yes, mostly. And we, 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 we respond out of love. 
There is that connection. There is that relationship of deep connection. And out of that place, we say, yes, we respond. And so when it comes to us as children of our Heavenly Father, and we experience a need, and we, we, we feel pain or we feel longing for something or a lack of something in our lives, we don't need to come to God with some kind of long, uh, ornate ramble where we begin by saying, Oh, Lord and Heavenly Father of all mankind who resides in glory unimaginable. We don't need to do that. It's good to remind ourselves of those truths from time to time. But we don't need to build ourselves up in our relationship with our Father in order to go, I'm really hurting. I'm really hurting, Dad. We can come to Him as Father and just say, Father, Dad, Heavenly Father, however you choose to express it, would you just do this? And you see this in like the book of Nehemiah, if you haven't read it for a while. There's beautiful examples in there of where Nehemiah spends two or three days walking around the walls of Jerusalem, which he was about to rebuild. And he's talking to the Lord and he's wondering and he's planning and he's thinking. But then in the moment where pressure comes, it says, so I prayed to the Lord and I said to the king. And there's that moment of, I'm in need, Father, help me. Right, I'm going to do it now. Because he's living conscious of that deep relationship in his heart where he can express his needs just in a moment. Yeah? And that's, that's where the Lord is, is looking for us to live as his children, knowing his delight, knowing that he loves to meet us at our point of need. He loves to meet us in exactly that place. And this is, if you remember, uh, a few weeks ago, Nigel spoke, was it a couple of weeks ago, Nigel spoke about the prodigal son and a uh, beautiful, beautiful message. Do you remember the, the most profound moment of theology that day? Anybody else here that day where it was like situation, but God, mm, help. Do you remember that? I love that. That is like the theology of prayer right there in three grunts. Love it. Absolutely beautiful. But what Nigel reminded us of in that, in that beautiful message was it's very easy for us to have, to, to slip into or just live in that mindset of a slave or a servant where we plead, we go, oh Lord, would you please? I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be your son. Oh, you never do this for me. And, I, you know, and we, we can drop into that place where our, our relationship is fractured and we're building our lives on a foundation that is not confident of the goodness, of the love, of the kindness, of the, of the depth of connection with our King and with our Father. And we can end up approaching Him as a servant or as a slave rather than coming to Him as a child, as a son, or as a daughter who is deeply, deeply loved. Another little thing that I think went out on Instagram uh, and social media this week was, was this little quote or something like it. God's strategy for all of time never changes. Sons and daughters filled with his Holy Spirit. Even in the Old Testament times before the Holy Spirit was poured out, there were these momentary glimpses of the Father's heart that came through Israel's history where the Spirit of God fell upon a person or a leader or upon a, a group of people. 
And you saw this beautiful moment where heaven converges with earth and sons and daughters in relationship with the king begin to express his will on earth. And right through into the New Testament times, particularly so after the day of Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit has come to make his home in you and me. God's purpose is for you and I to live not as slave or servant, but as son and daughter. Not in our own strength, but infused and infilled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And from that place, to come to the throne of our Father and say, Father, your kingdom come. Let your beautiful mandate of heaven in all of its majesty come in this place. And we begin to partner with him. We begin to co-labor with him. We put our hand in his hand as son, as daughter. A little thought just came back into my mind. I've read or heard a quote that said something like, do you realize that you are just as welcome in the courts of heaven as Jesus? Do you realize We we were kind of in one of those moments earlier as we sang God with us, God in us. You are just as welcome in the courts of heaven as Jesus Christ because he has made you perfect in the eyes of the Father. Doesn't matter what your week was like. Doesn't matter what your year was like. Doesn't matter what your history was like. Through faith in Jesus Christ, you have been made perfect, holy, righteous forever. And you are welcome in the courts of heaven next to the throne of God above. Just as welcome as Jesus. What will we do with that privilege? That's the question. What are we gonna do with the privilege, with this invitation? Because we have the ear of the king. We have the ear of the father. And he's leaning towards us going, what do you wanna do? What do you want to see happen? How do you want to see my kingdom come? How do you want to see heaven invade earth? How do you want to see lives transformed? Let me hear what's in your heart. Let me hear what nations are bubbling up inside your heart. He wants to hear from you. But he wants us, and I want us just to take a moment with this. He wants us to wrap our arms around this identity thing as son or as daughter and he wants us to wrap our arms around this promise to fill us with his holy spirit so if you've got legs i invite you just to stand up into this identity yes you heard me right stand up into this identity just if it helps close your eyes and recognize that the seat you have left behind is the old servant, slave, unlovely, unworthy identity that perhaps plagues you. And if it helps you to hold your hands out or to reach your hand up, in this moment, I just want us to connect with the Father And to say to him, Father, thank you that you call me son. Father, thank you that you call me daughter. Thank you that you have cleansed me, that you've made me righteous. 
that you've given me a new identity, that you count me worthy to be in your presence. You count me worthy to be filled by your spirit. You count me worthy to partner with you and to see your kingdom come and your will done on earth. I thank you, Father, that you do not keep me at a distance. And Holy Spirit, right now, I pray you'll fill every open and hungry heart in this room. Spirit of God, come and fill us that we will be sons and daughters overflowing with the power, with the life, with the vitality of the Holy Spirit, that we will be marked as people of the Spirit, that our lives will not be lived in our own strength, but lived in partnership with you, with your power flowing through us. Holy Spirit, come. Just make that your prayer. Just invite him to increase. Invite him to increase in your heart. Move your lips. Engage your vocal cords. Just begin to say, more Holy Spirit, more of you, Holy Spirit. I want more of your power, more of your presence, more of your ability, less of my ability. Come Holy Spirit in this room. Come Holy Spirit in this room. Do what only you can do. Do what only you can do. Break off the chains. Set captives free. Bring healing to bodies. Someone shared a picture with me this morning that they had a dream and they saw someone taking a walking stick and smashing it across their knee. And if that's you, if you have frustration because you have to walk with a stick and you'd love to just smash it over your knee, in this moment, I pronounce healing from heaven over you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, strength to your legs, strength to your knees, strength to your hips, strength in your ankles. The fullness of heaven to you now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. No lack. No lack. In the name of Jesus. For he has come to give you life and to give it abundantly. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Do take your seats again. It's so good just to, just to recognize he's here and he is powerful. And that's where he wants us to live, in that place of absolute confidence. Absolute confidence. So that's the kind of short bit. But I want us to think a little bit more about the long bit. Because again, as... As parents, the only communication we receive from our children is not just, dad, can I have, or mom, can I have. The communication that we value much, much more are the communications where the child comes to the parent and says, hey, I've been thinking about this. I wonder whether maybe in a year or so I could do X, Y, or Z. I'm thinking about the future, dad, and I'm wondering, you know, what do you think if we were to do this together? As a parent, those are the conversations that just fire our hearts. Where your child comes to you and begins to explore the realms of possibilities into, into areas that they've never experienced before, but they know that they can talk with you. And, and as a loving parent, you'll begin to help them to open up the next steps, the way ahead. And our Heavenly Father is exactly the same. He wants us not only to be those who come to him to present need. In fact, if that's all there is to a relationship, it really is dull. 
that he wants us to come to him and to explore the possibilities. These are conversations, again, rooted in identity because we love him, because we know that he loves us. We get to come to him and begin to just kind of pull back the curtain a little bit on what it might be like. I, I, just, I wonder, you know, when you find yourself asking the what if question, do you only ask the what if question with a pessimistic perspective? Oh, what if this happens? Oh, what if that goes wrong? Oh, what if it doesn't happen? What if it doesn't work? Rather than what if? What if together with God, we see this happen? What if? Let me give you a live one. What if, together with God, we get to take possession of a large town center property that enables us to begin to crack open our community and serve them in radical new ways? What if the power of God that we see at work here on a Sunday morning could actually more routinely be out there on the high street? What if, what if people... Oh, the, the list goes, I could preach myself happy on that one for a long time. But what, what if, what if together with God, he loves it when we come to him with that oh, possible, it's po- anything, oh, it's possible with God. What if, Father, um, maybe next month we were to do this? He wants us to be people who explore the realms of possibilities when we put our hand into his hand. No fear. Our motive is not lack. Our motive is, I'm free. I'm a child of God. He has promised that he'll never leave me. He has given himself lavishly to me. So, wow, God, maybe we could do this. How much of our time actually looks like that? How much of our prayer lives actually look like that? We get to craft a future together with God that reflects his kingdom. And Jesus has opened up the gates and said, anything's possible. Look at a couple of scriptures here, David. You pop the first one up. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples in a really deep relational moment in John 15. Jesus is in the upper room with his disciples, chapters 15, 16, 17, I think it is. All of that dialogue is in the context of deep, loving relationship. And that is your context with your heavenly father. And he says to you, but if you remain in me and my word remains in you, you may ask for anything you, anything you want and it will be given to you. Anything you want and it will be given to you. When your heart is intertwined with mine, when your life is driven into close, intimate relationship with me, wow, anything's possible. Look at the next one. Psalm 2 verse 8. Only ask and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. The whole earth as your possession. I love it how God just takes the boundaries and pushes them right out to the ends of the earth and says, what do you want to do? What do you want to see? What inheritance do you want to take hold of? Because together with me, we can go anywhere. We can go anywhere. Our context in all of this is Jesus is alive. If the end of the stage over here represents the moment where Christ died on the cross, was buried, and was resurrected again, 
And the end of the stage over here represents the moment when Christ is going to come back from heaven in all of his glory and establish his throne for all eternity with us worshiping him and giving him glory. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6-ish says of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. From the moment of his resurrection, the declaration, I am the king of the universe. I am the Lord of lords. From that moment of his rule and reign until the point in eternity where it is eternally glorious, there is ever-increasing glory, ever-increasing experience of the rulership, of the kingdom, of the dominion of our God. So, what have you seen today? What will you see tomorrow because of the increase of his rule and reign, of his glory and peace? There is no end. No end. I'm, I'll call myself a biblical optimist. How's that? Because I honestly believe that when you get hold of some of the truths that are presented about who Jesus is in us and what his purposes are for this earth, it's not that we're all gradually getting worse and worse and worse and, oh, it's dark and terrible days. No, because his light shines in the darkness. We've seen it through the last two and a half years or so of COVID where everybody's heart was beginning to implode but the truth is that more people came to salvation through COVID in that period than in the previous period. The glory of our king knows no bounds, does not respect the times. We've never had such a glorious season of Alpha, have we, John? We saw lots and lots of people come into salvation. Jesus has a glorious plan. And he wants to put himself on display through us. He wants to partner with us so the world gets to see who he is. Just declare these things with me. You're going to have to speak, okay? So, ready? I know you all need to be primed. Some simple truths. Because he's alive, right? Because he's alive. These are things that we can hold on to and can shape the way we pray and the way we live. The first one's really simple. God is good. Yes. God is good. God is good. Next one. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. And we're already on a roll. We're already doing well. God is good and nothing is impossible. Wow. Wow. Next one. In every situation, Christ is victorious. In every situation, Christ is victorious. Now, that's important because sometimes we hit speed bumps in the road. Sometimes bad stuff happens. And in the middle of those bad moments, if we don't understand that there, that there is this eternal, beautiful victory of Christ that reaches into eternity, then we can, we can lose it in those difficult moments. God is good. Nothing is impossible. In everything, Christ is victorious. And the last one. I am his ambassador. I am his ambassador. Now, I'd like to say I am his child and his, ambas his ambassador, but it's a bit waffly. Ambassador, because we're not simply called to be children who sit on the sofa and enjoy being in the living room of heaven. 
we are called to proclaim who he is, to declare who he is, for our lives to impact nations. Ask of me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. So as his ambassador, with all of those things ringing in our ears, he is good, nothing is impossible, he's always victorious, and I am his ambassador. What does that do to the way you pray, to your mindset, to the way that you think? I believe that what that does is it means that you will begin to dream expectantly of greater things for his kingdom, and you will begin to live taking risks that make you a little bit uncomfortable at times, but you're prepared to step out there because with him nothing is impossible and he will prove himself good and I will see his victory in every moment, no matter where I am, because he has called me to be an ambassador. Times are running. One last little thing, we are heading towards the end. Ezekiel Chapter 47, it seems this year I can't really get away from this passage, but I want us to catch hold of something as we pray this morning. Now, this is a vastly condensed 12 verses or thereabouts. And this is a vision that the prophet Ezekiel was given by God, which I think is a really helpful picture for us as we live, as we pray, as we expect to see his kingdom come more and more and more. So in his vision... Ezekiel saw someone who brought him out through the north gate of the temple, and the water was trickling. And as the man went eastward, he measured off a thousand cubits, and then he led me through water that was ankle deep, another thousand cubits knee deep, another thousand cubits up to the waist, another thousand a river that no one could cross. Remember Isaiah chapter 9, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. But what would have happened if Ezekiel had seen the first little bit of that, the trickle, and said, that's nice, I'm off. Zechariah chapter 10 verse four says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. And I honestly believe so often for us, I'm speaking to myself, we see the little things and we're like, well, where's the big things? Yeah, we see the little finger healed and we go, what about the cancer? He is the God who loves to draw us to himself through the little things, to stir our faith so that we can put our hand more deeply into his hand with more conviction, with more faith, with more expectation. And gradually and increasingly, we will see the great things, the great things. And so I just want us, as a people in this town, not to discount the little things, but rather to treasure them. Zechariah 10 says, do not despise. The opposite of the word despise is to cherish, to adore. Adore the little things. Share you, I'll share with you a really little thing again. Sorry, I'm picking on my kids a lot this week, but we were praying for Jaya um, about a week ago. And we're like, God, she really could do with a job. You know, it would be really great if she just had a little bit more pocket money and then it wouldn't have to come out of our pocket. That'd be glorious. And we were just praying for that. And that day, she walked down the high street and got a job. No. Coincidence? 
Well, the funny thing is, the more you pray, the more coincidences you see. So, you know, it was, it was one of those. And we give, and we were like, Jesus, the next day we walk the dog again. We're like, Jesus, thank you. She's got a job. Thank you. She's got a job. Awesome. Love it. But we don't stop there. We don't see the trickle and say, uh, okay, okay, thanks, God. Thanks. I'm not going to get on with the rest of my life. No, we, we press on and we expect to see the great things. And a couple of days later, um, Nick and I were just, we were chatting with Andrew Cannon. Do you remember Andrew, the crazy Liverpudlian who came here and screamed at us for a while? He's a brilliant, brilliant guy. Love him to bits. And he's coming back later this year um, to stir us up some more. But we were on the phone with him and he told us, and this is, a, this is a story of, well, you decide whether this is waist deep or this is up to the neck or, or whatever. But he's been working with a school close to where he and his wife live. And he went into this school um, to, to kind of do assemblies and just to, to you know, share the gospel. Basically, he's standing in the, in the um, uh, playground one day with these, with these group of kids around him, and there's one kid, don't know his name, uh, let's call him Paul, because, hi, Paul. Um, so Paul is there, and Paul has something called selective mutism. Now, I'd never heard of this before, and don't think Andrew ever had either. But basically, what that means is that at home, Paul talks about his family completely at ease, really relaxed, no problem. But he goes to certain circumstances, certain situations, and he literally cannot speak. It's like, a, I don't know if it's an anxiety-related thing, but so when he's in the school environment, he literally cannot get a word out of his mouth. It's not that he chooses not to. He would go like, and he just cannot speak. Never heard of it. Maybe some of you have. Anyway, Andrew's in the playground this kid is there, and he says, uh, Andrew says to him, look, can I pray for you? I'd love to see Jesus heal you. And the kid's like, that's all right. So Andrew prays, and this kid's just like, nothing. Prays again. By this stage, a few more kids are gathering, you know. Nothing. Andrew's beginning to feel a little bit embarrassed, because, like, embarrassed for the child, really, because this is drawing attention to this young person in a, in a very public way prays a third time, and he's there with a friend of his, and he prays a third time for this kid. Nothing. At which point Andrew's about to give up when suddenly out the corner of his eye, he sees his friend climbing on a wheelie bin, and his friend shouts to the whole courtyard, come over here if you want to see Jesus heal Paul. Oh! <laughs> In this moment, Andrew's like dying inside, like, oh, didn't ask you to do that, you know? But with now a crowd of kids watching on, Andrew prays again for Paul to be released of this. And in that moment, this little boy shouts at the top of his voice, Jesus! <laughs> is that waist deep? Is that up? Like, this is, this is the stuff of God. And over five days at lunch times, they get to lead 200 kids in that school to Jesus. And the principal, the head teacher of the school, who suddenly had a very difficult board meeting with the board of governors the next day, said to him, Andrew, you've really put me in a fix because I'm a backslidden Christian and I have not acknowledged my love for Jesus for years but because of what you have done here, I am now going to stand in front of my board of governors and I'm going to say, God did this. I'm a Christian. Hands off. Like, wow. Now, these, these are the, 
These are the what ifs. Wow, what if, Father? What if you did this? This is the, this is the invitation from God to, to be thankful for the trickle that you see and to say, God, I love the fact you've given me this trickle. I want to see it over my ankles. And now that I've got used to it over my ankles, I want to see it up around my knees. I want to see it right up to my chest so it's hard to do anything unaware that you are right here, right now. That's where I want us to be. Now, don't get distracted. Our kids are coming in. They are going to lead us in prayer in a few minutes, but we're going to pray first, okay? Because what I want us to be really, I want us to be provoked this morning by some of the stuff, hopefully, that that I've been able to share with you to be stepping out of only a mindset that is help. You know, step out of the mindset that is, God, I need a job. I need money. I need health. I need a wife. I need whatever it may be. Valid prayers. But as his people, I want to provoke us to be stepping into a place of maturity where we begin to dream about the possibilities. And we begin to say, Father, together with you, anything's possible. Father, together with you, what will this world look like? What will this world look like? So you're going to have to engage with me here. I want to invite us all, if you have legs, stand up. It would be awesome. And first of all, let's all just begin to pray. And I want us to thank him for those evidences of the trickle. Thank him for the air that you're breathing. Thank him for the, the blessing of, of the home you live in. Thank, just begin to thank him for the stuff that is evidence of his goodness and his kindness. Let's not take it for granted. Let's just begin to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for my kids. Thank you for my parents. Thank you for my home. Thank you for food and for drink. Thank you, Lord, that we live in a country where there is mostly peace and tranquility. Thank you, Father, for justice. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that I get to come here and sing freely. Thank you, Father, that you answer the simple prayers. Thank you, Jesus, that when I cry out to you, you give me the basic stuff of life, the stuff I need. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Jesus. Love you, God. I love you, God. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. And for the sake of our kids, I'm going to invite us all as adults to turn up the volume, okay? Let's take that that thankfulness up from level two to level 10. Let's, Let's just thank him, exalt him, bless him. Worship him, for he's good. He's good. He is so worthy. He has given us everything that we, that we have, everything that we hold. He is the father of every good and precious gift. Bless you, Lord. We love you, God. We love you, God. Jesus, we bless you. Jesus, we bless you. Jesus, we bless you. Jesus, we bless you. Now, what I'd love to do now is I'm going to invite one really courageous person to come up here and to pray for the next layer of blessing, for the ankle deep, the knee deep, the waist deep, whatever is in your heart to pray for, but specifically for families and relationships, the dynamic in the home. I want, to, I want to see someone who just longs to see the kingdom of God expressed in the home come up and pray. 
I give you the microphone. You're going to lead us, and we are going to give you one loud amen. While you're thinking, I'll tell you this. There was a guy that I spoke to from this community not that many months ago, and he said that during worship, God spoke to him. He went home. He apologized to his wife, and their relationship was turned around, turned around just through worship. This is what our God wants to do in families. So who's going to be that courageous person? Come now. Families, the presence of God over your ankles. Here he comes. Koisi, do it. Thank you. Lead us with as much faith as you can muster, sir. Jesus, I want to thank you today, Lord. We pray for families here, Lord Jesus. Father, we pray that even this morning as we were listening to the news that there was so much divorce rate happening in the family in the country. Lord, we pray against any spirit that wants to destroy families, Lord. I pray against any spirit that is bringing separation, bringing children to hurt, Lord Jesus. We want to break that yoke in the name of Jesus, Father yes. God, particularly in the church, particularly in the, in the, in the country, Lord Jesus. We standing on the on the faith of what you did on the cross the father god as you put adam and eve together lord you set an, an example for families lord we praying and we're praying by faith our lord as society or oh god is moving away from family togetherness and separation we break that yoke in the name of jesus father god everything yes. that bring bring anxiety to the home so everything that brings stress to the home father god we're standing on the faith of jesus lord what he did on the cross yes, that lord. lord in the name of jesus we yes. break that yoke in the name of jesus yes, over lord. distractions over divorce yes, over lord. separation yes, in the lord. name of jesus yes, father god. god that our family unit will be Thank strong you. our family unit Thank will be you. will be hopeful in in the faith of of Jesus, Lord yes. Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Lord, for this this morning. Thank yes. you for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Quasi. Thank you, Quasi. Stay. Stay on your feet. Um, Sam, would you also would you just come up? I want Sam to pray for our youth generation. Uh, this man carries such a burden for them, and they're heading off the new day in just about a week and a bit. Pray. Give yeah. us your give us your all, Sam. Let's stand with him. Yeah, Jesus, we thank you that you love young people. Yes, God. We thank you that you love young people. We thank you that you went to the cross for the joy set before you to see young people connected and reconnected to you, God. And I just pray right now we will see a revival yes, of in the youth generation in this yes, country Lord. and around the world. God, I pray Jesus. that we, we put on services which are so jam-packed, God, that bodies are on top of one another for youth coming to the gospel, Jesus. Yes, Lord. For youth coming to the gospel. We yes, pray at Jesus. New Day that we see more salvations than has ever been known. Yes, Lord. We pray yes. for God-sized problems, Lord, that yes, there will be Lord. too many people to fit on that camp. Lord. Jesus, we pray for legs to grow back out. We yes, pray for Lord. blind eyes to be opened. Yes, Lord. God, I pray for testimonies that make the news yes, that there Jesus. is just such incredible things happening and miracles that it impacts culture in a way that culture is just blown wide open, God, Jesus. and that your name will just be revealed in such a way, in such a way that every knee will be bowed and every tongue will confess that you are king, that you are king, Jesus. There is no other. There has never been another, Jesus. It is you, and only you can do it, God. We say do it, Jesus. Revival. Yes, revival in this country, God. Yes. Yes, Lord.